All right. Hey, good morning. Good to see y'all. First time I've laid eyes on you. It's always good to see you for the first time. Um, I want to ask you, it's a short scripture today, but I want you to, um, I'm going to get your help with it. I'm going to ask you to stand uh, to, to, to read this with me this morning. Uh, the scripture is from Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. It's the reading of the gospel. I'm just going to ask you to read it out loud with me. It's short enough where I think we can do that. So let's, uh, let's read it together. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's the word of God for the people of God. Father, we ask you to bless the teaching and preaching of the word today. May I get out of the way. May you be seen. May you be heard. May you be experienced in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus, our resurrected Savior. The whole church said, amen. amen. You can be seated. Man, I'm, I'm excited about getting to work here uh, at the church. I don't mean me. I mean all of us getting to work. I'm excited about us getting to work, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with the world. I mean, I'm excited about that, making disciples, going out and figuring out how to share the good news of Jesus, bring people in here, and then send more people back out. There's this parable um, that, uh, that Jesus tells, and it's about an owner of a house. He's actually a master, and he's preparing a banquet. And he tells his servant, he says, I want you to go into the streets and the alleys of that town and bring in the poor and the crippled and the, the blind and the lame. And the servant says, well, I've already done that. And then the master says, he says, well, go out into the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. That's a good word right there. In other words, we're supposed to reach the world with the good news of Jesus. And I've been thinking lately about how we do that as a church. I've been thinking about marketing and advertising and how we do that. And I considered a few options. You know, some people, churches really hone in on social media and um, and we could do that, and uh, we do a little bit of that. So, uh, talk, websites, you know. Um, I thought about a billboard. Thought about it, I said, man, we need a billboard. We hadn't had a billboard. So I was like, well, maybe we need to get a billboard. We put it out on Church Street or on Academy. Or maybe we do it on 85 near a Cracker Barrel sign. Did it near a Cracker Barrel sign. Everybody would see it, you know. I mean, they'd just say, Buckham Street, we want you to come and have our vision statement when we figure all that out. And it'd be really cool. I started looking at the price of that, and I said, well, that's kind of expensive. I'm not real sure that that's exactly what we need to do. And so a lot of times when I'm not really sure how to navigate something in church strategy and church life, um, it's really important to go back to what Jesus did. So I'm like, well, what did Jesus do to share about the good news of the kingdom? He didn't use social media. He didn't use a billboard, and he obviously didn't have a website. Um, but I'll tell you what he did. He just told people. Like, he just took 12 men, he, he told them all about it, and he was like, now go tell everybody. And guess what? It worked. That was 2,000 years ago, and today I'm up here telling you the same thing he told them. 2,000 years later, we got people all across the world sharing the good news of Jesus simply because somebody told somebody who told somebody who told somebody who told somebody who told somebody. Pretty powerful, isn't it? But what you got to think about is the, the responsibility of sharing about the good news of Jesus doesn't land on the communications director of the church, although she's great. It doesn't land on how good our website is. We, we might have a little work to do there. It doesn't land on how good our social media is, and we could do a little work there. It lands on your shoulders. You are the billboard. I was thinking about all the people here and how much influence we have. 
we have zero excuses to not have a church busting at the seams with all the influence we have in this church. We've got more influential people in this church than you can shake a stick at, as my granddad used to say. And I was thinking about where the billboards actually are. Like, if we're all the billboards, we've got billboards in operating rooms. We've got billboards in, in courtrooms. We've got billboards in, uh, on the tennis court and at the poolside and at the country club. And We've got billboards all across Greenville right now if we want to use them. They might be kind of blank right now. But if we fill those billboards out and actually put some words on them, then we can start sharing about the good news of Jesus. It's really why testimony is so important in the church. You know, that we know how to share our faith. Now, I guess one of the questions right now is like, well, what exactly do I share, right? People ask, well, I don't really know what to say. Um, the good thing about a billboard, actual billboard on the side of the road, is like it's very consistent. So we all agree on what it says, and it goes out there, and then everybody sees it, and everybody knows. Now, the one thing about people is that messaging can be quite inconsistent. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not good. <laughs> So there's negative billboards out there, right? We'll talk about that in a minute. But here's kind of what I would say if I was going to just give, a, give a, a summary to say what you could say to somebody. You could go, you know what? Man, we're in an exciting time as a church right now. We're kind of like a church plant with 200 years of history. I mean, we really are. It's, it's really crazy to think like we're, we're, this is a brand new chapter. And we're building a church together. Are you interested in building something? You have a heart for that. You have an entrepreneurial spirit because that's where we are right now. And we don't exactly know how we're going to do it, but the one thing we know that we're going to do is we're going to make disciples. We're not exactly sure how we're going to make disciples, but we know this. We're going to help people figure out what their gifts are. And we're going to help them determine what they're good at and what God has called them to do. And then we figure out a process for that. We're going to figure out a process to actually plug them in. And then we're not just going to run around inside our own building and take care of each other. We're going to go out and help the world. And we're going to reach the world, and we're going to make disciples for Christ, and we're going to be a disciple-making machine, all the way from profession of faith to baptism to confirmation to Sunday school to small group to serving on, in mission. And I tell you, people get excited about that. And it's not about Buncombe Street. This is really important for people to understand. This is not about Buncombe Street. Our purpose is not to keep the name of Buncombe Street alive. I've heard people go, gosh, well, I'm worried about Buncombe Street. I'm not worried about Buncombe Street. I'm worried about the traditions. I'm worried about the traditions of the church. Listen, that's not really what it's about either. I'm worried about meeting the budget. It's not about the budget. Uh, you, you know, it's not about any of those things. Those are ways that we live out our faith. What it's about is what Jesus told us to do. Jesus told us to go out and to make disciples. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of what? All nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. Like, if you look at Jesus, he invited people everywhere. Like, he was constantly inviting people. Everywhere he went, there was invitations. I mean, like, if there was one word that we could settle on for, for the year, it'd be invite. It's just all just to pray about invite. That would be a great word for us to pray for about as a church. But Jesus goes, come unto me, all you who are labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Jesus said, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Jesus said unto them, come and dine. Jesus said, come and see. Jesus said, come and take your cross. Jesus said, come to a secluded place and rest. Jesus said, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom. Come and follow. Like, he... He invited people and they came. You know, if you just invite people, it's amazing what, what can happen. 
I've done some really weird things because of an invitation. I remember one specifically. I was probably, I don't know, I'd say I was 20. I was at Clemson, and there was a girl that I was interested in. And, um, and I remember she said, you know, she said, why don't you, uh, why don't you come to our sorority party? And I was like, okay, that sounds cool. And, you know, she said, it's a toga party. I was like, oh, I've never been to one of those. And I was like, what do I do? She's like, well, you pretty much you make a toga, and, you know, you come hang out, and, and I guess the rest is history. So, um, so I remember I went home, and, I, I, you know, I got a sheet, and I was excited about it, and I, I got this sheet, and, I, you know, I, I can't remember if I cut holes in or whatever, but, it was, you know, I really wasn't wearing much underneath it. So I was, like, trying to figure out how to wrap the sheet, and I got the toga ready and put a little, you know, belt on. And, you know, what I didn't really think about was that I had to walk across campus, and so I remember walking across campus with, with this sheet on. I went downtown, and, and, you know, I was thinking everybody else would be in a toga. And so I remember I, I walked into, I can't remember which, of the, which place it was, TDs or somewhere, whatever, but I, I remember whatever it's called, so it doesn't matter. Um, but, but I walked in, and there was not one person in a toga. <laughs> it, it was 10 o'clock at night, and I remember I walked in, I was just looking around like, what on earth is going on? And so I remember I went up to someone and said, is there a toga party here? And they said, we have no idea what you're talking about. It was the most awkward feeling I'd ever been in my life. And I was standing in the middle of a bar with a sheet on with a bunch of people looking at me. So my point is I never would have gone had I not been invited. I remember, I remember one time I got an invitation to go line dancing. And I remember I went line dancing. This was when I was in divinity school. And I remember it was um, some, up, in, up in Durham and... And so I went, I don't go to bars a lot, but these stories just tend to lean their direction. But so I went to a line dancing bar and, and there were a bunch of people line dancing and I dressed up and I wore boots and Wranglers and, you know, flannel and a cowboy hat. And that's not that abnormal for me, actually. And, and I remember I went in and the only reason I was there and doing a line dance was because somebody invited me. And you've heard me talk about this before, but that was the same night that I was invited to ride a mechanical bull. And I rode the mechanical bull simply because the guy that was working it said, hey, why don't you come try this? You look like a big guy. So I tried it, and I didn't last eight seconds. I remember one time I, I was in Mexico, and I, I did a zip line over the, over the mountains of Mexico. It was absolutely insane. It was old, rusty wires. I remember I did it just because somebody said, why don't we go to a zip line over, the, over Mexico? I'm like, okay. So what I'm trying to say to you this morning is that if you invite people to do things, people are more than willing to go. And in fact, it's really not that hard. They can say no and don't take offense to it, but you've got to invite them. Um, I've never been offended because somebody invited me to do something they were passionate about. So I think, I guess when I look at our church, I think, gosh, this church should be filled with people. I mean, I'm not knocking on any of us. Well, actually, I am. Um, it's all of our fault, right? So we've had some infighting. We've had some division. If you're visiting, you just don't worry about it all. We're about over it. Um, but it's been a really tough time. It's been a very tough couple of years. Um, everybody's tired and worn out. And, um, but a lot of people have just kind of just gone away. It's really been disheartening. I mean, people are just like, well, I don't fight in the church. So they just leave, and then, the, and then they just kind of come and go as they please right now. And we've got to get rid of that attitude. Like, it's time to get to work. Like, you can't just sit around and say, oh, somebody else is going to do it. Why isn't the church growing? The reason it's not growing is because of you. 
So you got to get to work. You got to take responsibility. You got to serve on committees. You got to come to church. You got to get your family here. And it's our responsibility as a staff to create a system and a process, a process of assimilation, a way to plug in, to make it easy for you to serve. And we're working on all those things. But it's going to take some time. What we need of you right now, though, is to say, I'm willing, I'm ready, I'm prayerful, and just start by coming on Sundays. Granted, I'm getting on to the people who are here. But statistically, you come like once every six weeks, the average, you know, Buncombe Street or whatever, I think. So, um, so I'm saying that to, to be, to say, when we go, gosh, we got to figure out a communications channel to get everybody here. <clears throat> Rather, we need to invite people and tell people about the narrative of, of the church. You see, you can utilize your platform more than you realize to invite people. Like you all have big platforms. The key is bringing Jesus onto your platform. Because a lot of people don't want Jesus on their platform um, unless it's convenient because Jesus is offensive. Like, we paint Jesus just to be a loving guy, but the reality is Jesus was offensive in some ways. And so when you bring him on your platform, it can mess up your PR or your HR. Um, but Jesus, um, you can't be ashamed of him. You've you, you got to take him either sometimes or always. So take him always on your platform and start sharing your faith with people. And there'll be repercussions for that, but invite them to church. Once again, it's not about Buncombe Street, it's about making disciples. Colossians 3.17, you read it with me. It says, whatever you do, whether it's in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And I hope that we speak goodness and hope and love over our church. I hope you do that in the community. You know, I hear it's easy right now for us to become kind of ranting, but, but this is on my heart. It's easy for us to become like the church being known for what we're against, okay? Because we kind of said we're against some things. The reality is every church should be against some things. But let me tell you what we're against, okay? Just so I'm clear. I want to make sure I make a list of these things so that you know what we're against, okay? We're against sin, period. That's it. Now, who all has sin? Every single person in here. Every single person out there has sin. So we got to be really careful when people go, gosh, you, your church is known to being against this, this, and this, and this. And maybe we are. But the real thing is that we're against sin. Now, what are we for? Because what attracts people is not what an organization is against. Not typically. You get some weirdos. You want to know what an organization is for. So what are we for? We're for the redemptive power of Jesus Christ over sin and death. So what we do is we tell people we're against sin, but we're for Jesus. And Jesus came to die for that sin. And yes, when you come in, we'll talk about some of the things we're against. But Jesus Christ is the redemptive God who sent his son, Jesus, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, who was the redemptive sacrificial lamb for our sins. And that's what we sell. That's our marketing tool. We don't market what we're against. But sometimes what you're against does unite you because you have to draw a line somewhere. But tell people about the good things that God is doing here. See, you hear people talk about the church in a negative way. And, you know, even if churches are outside the bounds of what I think they should be, I don't try to talk about any church. And here's why. Because the church is Jesus' bride. 
And if you look at scripture, you don't talk about somebody's bride, right? Don't talk about mine. Um, if, if you talk about somebody's bride, it's a way to get your jaw broken. And Jesus is very defensive, I believe, of his bride. And so if Jesus wants to deal with his bride who's out of line, let him do that. But we don't knock and downgrade churches. And if you hear somebody talking bad about our church, we need to speak up. See, Ephesians 5, 25-33 says this. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Listen to that. And gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. Mm. Boy, that preaches on a number of levels. So it's time to start inviting people. Now, um, a few things just I want to say, maybe I just need to land the plane in some ways, but um, one thing that's really important if you have a product, I'm not a business owner, I'm a pastor. I think business owners would agree with this, though, that if you have a product, it's really important that you can articulate why that product is crucial, important, necessary. And if there's other competitors out there, what makes your product different than theirs? There's lots of churches. They're not our competitors. But what makes us different here? What does make us different in this place? Well, we love Jesus. Duh. We love God. We, we like, you know, we do mission work. We got a great kids here, Bram. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot. So I think one of the things that's really important for us to do as a church is to hone in on exactly what it is we do and, and how we do it well. We do a lot of good things. So one of the things we're doing as a leadership is creating a team of about nine to ten people who are going to start praying over, like, call it a, a, a vision and discernment team. And we're going to start praying over kind of how we narrow in the product. We know it's to make disciples, but how specifically, what, what exactly are we doing here? And I'll just ask you to pray for that group. It, um, we nominated the people on it through our nominations committee, and I, I think it's going to be, I'm excited about it, really excited about it. Um, hopefully we put it on a t-shirt. I want a t-shirt. Never had a t-shirt. Not a good t-shirt. I want a t-shirt. I want a soft one. I want one that, you know, kind of squeezes my biceps so I look bigger than I am, you know? <laughs> You know, like muscle shirt, you know what I'm saying. Good muscle, soft shirt that we can all wear out and with our vision statement on it. Maybe a hat. Yeah. I don't know, a keychain, cup, whatever. Most of all, we just need to be able to articulate it. Um, so all that to say none of this excuses us from using the tools that God's given us, certainly our website, social media, our building, all the program we do and all those things, but we are the billboard. Um, in the meantime, I'd encourage you to love people like Jesus, uh, to share the good news of Jesus Christ, um, to remember the greatest commandment is love the Lord God with our heart, mind, and soul, and to love our neighbor as ourself. You're welcome this morning if you feel this message spoken to your heart to come and to, just to pray for the church as always. Um, you know, we, we just pray for her. Just pray for her. That's so important that we're praying for Christ's bride. And, um, and I think we'll have a couple of prayer teams and you know, sometimes it's good to pray with somebody else. I, I know I kind of beat that dead horse probably, 
But um, I remember we put these prayer kneeling rails up here. I remember a buddy of mine said, nobody's going to pray with each other after you put the kneeling rails up. He's kind of right. Don't be afraid to pray with people and just ask somebody to pray with you about something. It's really, really important. So um, if you're here, you're visiting, you haven't heard the good news of Jesus, I just always like to offer it. The reason we talk about all this is because God has changed us. And the message of salvation is freely offered to those who will receive it. it comes through the repentance of sin and confession and belief in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We offer that every week. And so if you want to receive him, you simply ask him into your heart and confess him as Lord. And repent of your sin and he will receive you unto him. Let's pray. God, you are um, so good and so amazing and so wonderful. Lord, we have the best product on planet earth is you Lord we're not in the business of sales we're in the business of sharing um, there's nothing that we can do to give this to people it only comes through you and the Holy Spirit but we just want to be conduits and avenues to share our faith and I pray that our church will grow I pray that it will grow in a healthy way I pray Lord that as people walk home today and open the doors of their homes that they realize their greatest asset they've been given and can be used for a tool to reach people for you to open the doors of their house to have Bible study and invite friends over and to share the good news and to swim and to enjoy each other and cook and hang out and grill and just with their neighbors and share the good news of Jesus share about our church Lord I pray that you empower doctors and lawyers and teachers and uh, mechanics and Lord business owners entrepreneurs just pray that you open our eyes and ears to be able to know how to share a faith with somebody gosh we just thank you for this place thank you for your bride thank you for dying for us Lord we love you um, we just want to worship you Lord and go home and just be thankful all this pray in Jesus mighty name amen